Welcome to another edition of CBF Church Starts Conversation. Uh, today we have with us Brian Foreman uh, as a dear friend. And uh, Brian is the director of the FIDES Youth Theological Institute and associate campus minister at Campbell University. Um, this is a new initiative that Brian is pioneering. He's also an adjunct professor at the Divinity School at Campbell University and president of B. Foreman Consulting. Uh, you could add to his resume um, awesomeness, greatness, uh, surpassing athleticism. Um, but Brian, we're gra- glad you're with us today. Well, thanks. I think I need to take you on the road with me to do all introductions. <laughs> I would be more than happy to, to do that gig with you every single time. Hey, and I'll even carry bags. Awesome. Well, Brian, we brought you on today because uh, you, you have expertise in, in a lot of different areas. Uh, and we could spend a couple hours with you just talking about um, the various different types of ministries that you've engaged in, your work uh, with consulting with congregations through uh, the Center for Congregational Health, coaching, you know, all the different works. But uh, really, one of the areas that you become kind of the guru uh, among CBF and, and beyond CBF and among uh, churches in the Southeast is your work with uh, the importance of social media uh, within the church. Um, I've heard you talk about some of the key areas you, you think churches should consider before even engaging in social media. Um, and, and you talk about those areas as identify, identity, platform, uh, engagement, and voice. Uh, maybe speak to some of those um, areas for us. Sure. You know, honestly, one of the biggest problems that not just churches but corporations make with engaging in social media is that the first thing they do is sign up for a bunch of different platforms and begin broadcasting. And they're broadcasting the same message on all the different platforms. And in essence, they are doing one-way communication, and they're not finding a way to engage with people. So I like to start with intentionality. Why are we going to use social media? And then the second question, how are we going to use it? You know, there's a, a shipping company, Mayerks, that did it. It's a global multinational shipping company, and they use eight social media platforms worldwide. Uh, I know churches that have 10 to 12 social media platforms. So it gives you a little bit of an idea of how we tend to overdo things, overthink things. Sometimes it's just as simple as saying, what social media platforms are we going to use? How are we using them to communicate with different audiences? And maybe those different audiences are the community around us. How do we want to let the community know what we're doing? Maybe it's our own internal communication. How are we communicating with our members? Uh, those sorts of things. So I think that's the big piece as far as the how and the why. Um, beyond that, it's about cultivating an identity and a voice. Are, are you going to be engaging with people in a way that just simply says, hey, look at us and look at what we're doing. If you're going to do that, you may as well just have a church sign out front that says all welcome and then not do anything else. How are you actually engaging people? So what are some of the main platforms that you think churches should consider uh, being present on? Well, again, and it goes to even the generational differences that are going on. Most of the adult community uh, have some sort of Facebook presence. You can find ways to engage people where they already are rather than creating something new. Facebook is a great place to connect with adults, even senior adults. Of course, that also means that if you're trying to engage with teenagers or millennials, uh, you may want to incorporate things like Instagram, Twitter, um, even Snapchat. There are a few churches that are they're trying to find ways to use Snapchat to do good things uh, to communicate with folks as well. Yeah, I find that to be a fascinating shift, and I think one of the – 
maybe primary reasons behind it. Facebook was great when it used to be just for college students and expanded to pretty much anyone. And Facebook all of a sudden wasn't cool anymore when your parents started to friend you and then even your grandparents started to friend you. So you're, you're seeing kind of a mass exodus of uh, millennials, um, you know, on, on Facebook presence. I, I find it fascinating to, for churches to in, engage in Snapchat. Do you have, you know, some of the primary ways they've been using it? Sure. A lot are simply using the story feature of Snapchat, which is just a way to share pictures or videos or even announcements um, in ways that sort of broadcast out to all their followers. And if you are following a particular organization on Snapchat, it, it shows up as a, as a news story or as a story. And then you get a quick little snapshot of what's going on at, at the church and just kind of a taste of, of what they're up to. Really one of the best places we can learn from about how organizations are using Snapchat is to look at some of the, the, the corporations that are already using it to share their story, whether it be news organizations or businesses. Uh, there are plenty of examples that you can find just simply in that section of, of the Snapchat app. I've also seen recently uh, a trend of churches using uh, Vine or even uh, Facebook Live to uh, introduce maybe the style of worship, style of preaching, or just kind of a general welcome into the church facility. Have, have you seen that across the board? Absolutely. A big part of it is that all of those, the, the applications we're talking about, the platforms we're talking about, are very visual. They're, they're not just broadcasting text anymore. Um, you know, when you watch teenagers interact with Snapchat or even when you look at Facebook and the things that are being posted, if there's not a picture, then did it really happen? And we laugh and we joke about this sometimes, but really when you talk about using Vine with those snort, short snippets of videos or even Facebook Live, that's just it. It's giving a, a taste of what it is that's going on in that place. Well, let's let's backtrack just a little bit. Uh, you you talk about that identity is important for a congregation when they're considering social media. So, what are you what do you think some of the healthy parameters for creating identity on social media? Well, I think the congregation that knows itself is important. Uh, who are you as a church? What do you think is important for the community to know? And a great way to start that process is to actually spend some time with people in the community who aren't necessarily attending your congregation and asking them uh, what they know and what they, how they perceive your, your congregation. That's an in real life piece of social media, which is something that oftentimes gets overlooked, but it's understanding who you think you are internally, but also recognizing that perhaps we need to see what people outside of the church, how they perceive us already. And if there's a disconnect, then that can even help us to consider what, how we need to begin to talk about who we are as a congregation congregation, what it is that God's called us to be and to do in the community, um, how we want to relate to our neighbors. So that's that identity piece. Who are we and how are we going to tell our story? Uh, and, and it's not just when we talk about telling your story, it's not just about sharing announcements or what's happening at the church today. It's talking about the people in the church. It's talking about how the church wants to engage with the mission of God for the world. And once we get to the point where we're willing to do that, where we understand who we are in the community doing that, then it gives us something that we can share. And that can be shared through videos, it can be shared through photos. Uh, again, it, we're not asking people to read um, our, our church bylaws. We're asking them to see what it is that we're all about. And frankly, for a lot of churches, maybe this is a place where we need to start is understanding who it is that we are and what we really are all about. And then the social media piece comes out of that. 
but don't skip that first crucial step of understanding what our church identity is. I think this is absolutely important for churches to consider. And uh, I think uh, Candace Young, our marketing manager, uh, would be happy for me to say this is about branding uh, for churches to consider what their brand is, uh, how how the language of their vision statement, how the language of their core components, uh, what they're expressing through um, uh, the icons they are using, how that tells their story, uh, and and making uh, you know a unified effort across all those platforms that you speak about, making sure that's also a unified effort, um, that it's constantly speaking into the narrative, um, to use your language, of who that congregation is and, and how they want to exist within that community. Um, you said that it's important that you, you focus in on a particular uh, set of platforms and make sure that you do them well. Have you found a, kind of a, a good, healthy number of platforms that that congregation should stick to? Um, what are some of the best platforms that you found are, are effective for connecting with uh, the greater community? So the best place for congregations to start is where their people already are. If, if a high volume of people are already using particular social media platforms, use that. If it's Facebook, use that. If it's Instagram, use that. Um, if it's text messaging, if it's updates on your website through an RSS feed, use those. Start where your people are. Don't try to train them to use something new. That's probably your most effective piece. And then you can use the emerging technologies to experiment and play with and see how you're connecting with a different generation or a different segment of the community, whatever the case may be. But don't experiment by trying to train people to use something new. Start with where people are. Uh, you've written a number of excellent books around this topic, hashtag uh, reaching youth across the digital divide. Um, wrote a book called how, how to be hashtag social media parents. Um, and those are excellent resources. And, and another great resources I would, I would say to add to that is uh, a world gone social. And uh, it, it's a conversation around how companies adapt to um, this social media world that we live in. Um, and mainly talks about how to best engage uh, your client, or we wouldn't say client for the church, but how to best engage uh, your audience. Um, and you, you spoke about that earlier. So, so what are some good engagement practices for congregations? Well, I think it begins with who are you trying to engage? So you may have one social media platform where you're specifically trying to engage church members in some sort of community building, digital community building, which will enhance the uh, the actual fellowship of the congregation in face-to-face relationships. So if that's the case of what you're doing, build the types of interactions that encourage people to, to share with one another, that encourage people to share their opinions or to comment, uh, those types of things. Be prepared that if somebody is sharing and they're asking a question that you as a congregation, um, congregational leader are responding. Um, that, I think that's really important. Sometimes I've seen uh, uh, people who have responded to a blog post or a Facebook post from a pastor or a minister, and they clearly are asking a question and no one ever responds to them. Or if they do, it's not clear that, that they really even understood the question to begin with. Uh, then the second piece is if you're trying to connect with the community, it's every bit is important that if you're hearing from your community on different things, that you're responding to it in appropriate ways. It's really one of the places that a lot of churches aren't paying attention to are social media platforms where the 
public is sharing information about organizations. Think about Yelp. Uh, Yelp is a great place to go get restaurant suggestions or reviews nearby. Google reviews is the same thing. Well, community members, people can just create reviews about your congregation as well. If somebody has made a, put up a Yelp review about your church, do you even know it? And if they have, how do you respond to that? So it's about pushing out information. It's about engaging with the people who are creating content and sharing it with you. Um, it's about how are you being a good community neighbor as well. I think one of the things I hear you saying is that the voice and maybe even the tone of the church across social media is absolutely essential. Speak to us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, you know, I think it's pretty easy to look at a very polarized culture that we live in, you know, whether it be through politics or um, ideologies or even, quite frankly, sports loyalties, right? We, we can easily share what we think, and it can even become in the sense of an echo chamber where we're only hearing other people who agree with us. In that sense, if we start projecting our voice as if we're only speaking to the people who agree with us, uh, then we're also essentially putting up a wall between those who don't. So it's very easy to think about this from a political perspective, but how do we think about it as a congregation? How do we determine what our voice is going to be? So are our posts, are our responses to other people, are they going to come across as uh, inviting further conversation? Are they going to come across as um, trying to suggest that we have the right answer? Are they going to come across as a place that welcomes all? Or What is it that we're going to cultivate in the way that we want to be perceived by how people read our post or how they, how they see what it is that we're, we're placing out in that very public arena that we call social media? Um, I think that's really important. And I think sometimes we don't think about how to have a consistent voice. Who holds the message that we're trying to share? And who's making sure that that message is being shared in clear, effective, um, kind ways? I think sometimes we get we can really get caught up in having uh, almost, a, almost a series of voices that even come into conflict with each other. You've talked about um, this before, and that is that uh, ministers uh, and churches need to have separate voices on social media. In other words, uh, you know, if a pastor does want to write a blog or does want to voice an opinion, um, maybe it's not beneficial that they're posting it as the church, um, but to consider posting it uh, in their private account. Uh, that way, the voice of the church and the voice of the member, staff member, is, is separate. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? I think it's important to allow the church to have a carefully cultivated brand or message. I also think it's important for congregational members, staff leaders, whoever has something to share to be authentic to their own voice as well. So if the church has a blog and it's it's using the blog to talk about things that are going on in the church, that should be a consistent voice. If the pastor wants to post something to the blog, then, then the pastor should consider how uh, their tone is similar to the tone of the church. But if they want to post something that is, is solely their own, uh, then then there should be a place where they can do that as well, If it's if, whether it be on their own blog or, or, or through the newsletter even. I mean, you know, we, we oftentimes just don't, think about 
how things come across and we I've lost the third train of thought. Yep. Completely lost. <laughs> um, I'll come back to it. Here we go. Um, ready? See. When we think about that voice, the, the church should have a consistent way in which it shares who it is. So if the church is going to have a blog or a Facebook page, depending on where it is that they're going with sharing that information, it should be relatively consistent so that somebody knows um, kind of what the church stands for. If a staff member wants to post uh, a blogs or newsletters or whatever the case may be, they should be able to do that as well. They should have an authentic voice. They should also be sensitive to the fact that they are viewed as a public voice of the congregation as well. So really it's a fine line. Um, I think there are wonderful ways to do it. I think acknowledging that we have our own individual voices is great, but making sure that that individual voice is also consistent with the voice of the congregation. I think that's just a responsibility as a, as a church leader. To this point, um, as we're having this conversation, I have 2014 friends on Facebook and I would dare say that I do not have 2014 friends in my life. Um, one of the things social media has created is, uh, or maybe even blurred the lines between uh, acquaintance and friend. And it's all too easy for us as individuals and for us as congregations to get so wrapped up in social media um, that we forget it is just a, a platform by which we connect with people. And I know this is a particular area around social media that you emphasize with congregations. So maybe speak to us about um, unblurring that line. Right. I, I, I think one of the things that social media has done um, to, a disservice to is co-opting this, this term community. You know, community has always been something that's been important to the church. But now you have Facebook communities and Twitter communities and Instagram communities and meetup communities and all of these other things. Um, and there, and it's changed the way we, we view that word. Um, so one of the things that I've tried to do is make a distinction between community and communion. And communion really requires uh, human interaction. It requires face-to-face. It requires relationship. So I think that's one place uh, that we really can stand out as far as churches is to recognize that all of these digital media technologies are tools that serve us. And unfortunately, in a lot of, a lot of cases, both as individuals and as organizations, we end up serving the technology. So I think that's a really important distinction to remember is the sense that the face-to-face human interaction is still the most valuable thing that we offer people. And it's the most valuable way that we share the and become the presence of Christ with one another. Um, but the digital media pieces are tools to, to sort of help us get to that point. They're not, they're not the end as much as they are our means to an end. I wonder if you could share some ways that congregations have um, understood um, those two realms, but use social media maybe to uh, engage and enhance meaningful in-person relationships. Right. So one way that, that some congregations have used social media, as we were talking about earlier, is to introduce themselves, you know, whether it be through a short video or a, a message from a staff member or some promotional piece that can be shared. 
that's been a great way for folks to be introduced to a congregation. Because now when you, when you move to a new city, you, somebody could have investigated 80 churches sitting in front of a laptop before they ever moved. Um, but it's, it's coming back around to that place of recognizing that once they're there, um, how do you, how do you remain in good fellowship and relationship with them? So you've got social media or digital media that allows for a marketing piece, but then you've also got it for that engagement piece, which is the question you asked. And it's, it's how do we use those tools to continue to, to build on the fellowship? And a part of it is what we're able to, to see and to share um, through, through the technology. I mean, think about the way we used to do this. If there was a shut-in in the church, the way we kept them connected is somebody would take a recording of the worship service and they'd go and they'd deliver it to their house. And it wasn't necessarily just the fact that the shut-in could then hear the worship service and feel like they were a part of the community that way, it was, which was a digital tool. It was a, a, a technology, um, but it was the fact that somebody brought it to them and was there with them and sharing and spending time together. So it was still that face-to-face piece. So if you think about a youth group that's gone on a trip and, and they've shared their photos through a Facebook group or through Instagram, it's an opportunity for parents and those who didn't go on the trip to see some of the things that happened and to ask questions about it and, and to share in the, the telling and retelling of the stories that occurred during the trip. Brian, this is good stuff. Uh, you clearly helped congregations understand the importance of identity, um, you know, putting forth who they are as a church, um, understanding the best platforms and sticking to just a few platforms to use um, properly uh, engaging people and, and speaking the true voice of the congregation and also giving us great wisdom around this idea of understanding that social media is, is an entry point by which we connect with people. I wonder if there's anything else, um, maybe one last word you would leave with our subscribers and listeners. If I could, I'd make just a couple of points. One is to recognize that digital technology now is oftentimes the first impression people get of your congregation. So make sure you're, if you're going to have a web presence or a digital media presence at all, make sure it's a good one. If you have a blog listed on your website, make sure it's updated consistently. Don't have a post that's from October of 2013. It's the only thing that's there. You're better off not to have one than to have something that's outdated. Um, so just keeping in mind that that digital presence is oftentimes your first impression. Second thing I would say is that to continue learning about social media and how it can be used for marketing purposes, engagement purposes, there are a wealth of great resources out there. Check those out. Pay attention to those. A, a Google search is going to render more than you could ever hope um, to process through. Uh, and then lastly, just continue to remember that what we do through social media should enhance our, our in real life, our face-to-face relationships with people. It's a great tool to get us started in a conversation or even to keep a conversation going. But remember that every conversation comes back to a real person on the other end of that thread or discussion board or whatever the case may be. And the more we can act with love and kindness towards those that we interact with, I think the better off that we'll be. Brian, tell us where we can find more information about your great work. Sure. I try to write regularly about things related to ministry and parenting and social media at brianforemanonline.com. 
And then uh, books are also for sale there, or you can find them on Amazon.com. The most recent one is Hashtag Connect, Reaching Youth Across the Digital Divide. Uh, and, and then the one that preceded that was How to Be Hashtag Social Media Parents. Thanks for joining this Church Starts Conversation. For more information about church starting and other initiatives by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, visit cbf.net.